what it is, but it's just something about Jesus. I got to share him with the world, straight up. Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? The one who died for us is that Jesus. And all I know is that there's something about Jesus. So every day I'll be praying up to Jesus because I love you. Can I tell you about Jesus? The one who died for us is that Jesus. All I know is that there's something about Jesus. So every day I'll be praying up to Jesus because I love the Lord. Uh-uh, but you don't hear me though So many people claim they righteous But they still be sinning no, Tell me what you sinning for What is it you get from that Don't you realize that when you sin That it's what holds you back But please don't think I'm judging Cause only God can claim what's due I am just a messenger That's saying Jesus died Lived a perfect life for you But came to sacrifice for you Left the Holy Spirit So when you tempted He will pull you through Oh yes I know it's hard So put it in his hand The battle that you fight And he defeated Understand Do you want salvation it's a free gift for you Confess that he is Lord And believe that he was raised is true Yes, it's that simple Don't try to complicate it yeah. The moment you believe God rejoice cause he been waiting Go get baptized But only in his name Get buried in that water When you rise, go insane Can I tell you about Jesus? The one who died for us is that Jesus All I know is that there's something about Jesus So every day I'll be praying out for Jesus Because I love the Lord Something about Jesus. So every day I'll be praying out for Jesus because I love the Lord. Picture perfect on the surface All these illusions that we worship I see the walls, see the walls coming down I hope someday we'll build them up on solid ground Consequences go unnoticed Like the weight that's on our shoulders Pulling us down, pulling us down But we don't know it Or maybe we do just like the truth we never showed We don't need no money Cause money ain't the problem, baby What are we becoming? Cause we lost more time than we'll ever get back And we need something to keep us on track Where we circles around walls that we build just never ending feelings of guilt where we going mm. where are we going everything makes sense on paper surface levels are we safer don't let them in don't let them in in case they find somewhere within Stop nothing. What are we becoming? Because mm. we lost more time than we'll ever get back. And we need 
All along, but we just didn't know it. Maybe we've been so wrapped up in the world that we missed the point and now it's shown. Going on, brothers and sisters in Christ. Today I want to address a common debate that often arises between Christians and atheists, and that is can atheists be moral? Do they have a moral compass? This question, in my opinion, misses the mark though, and I'm gonna show you why. Uh, but first, if you got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter two. We're gonna read in verses uh, 14 through 15. In the New Living Translation, it says the following: Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know His law when they instinctively obey it, even without uh, having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts, for their own conscience and their thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. And this is the message I proclaim, that the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. Now, from these verses, we can discern that the real question, in my opinion, should be, is there morality without God versus can atheists be moral, right? If there's no God, then who establishes the standard? Is it merely a matter of one person's opinion versus the other person's opinion, right? See, Romans make it abundantly clear that even those who don't know God are aware of what's right and wrong. They possess this innate understanding of morality, and they had the capacity to choose between what's right and wrong and choose between doing what's right and wrong. Now, regardless of whether one accepts Christ or not, there are consequences for our actions. And this is something that both Christians and atheists should be able to agree upon because we witness it every day in our lives right here on earth, whether that's health issues, legal repercussions, broken families, the list goes on, right? However, as Christians, we don't just believe in temporary consequences. We believe that there are eternal consequences as well. And see, in Romans chapter 2, we see that one day we will all have to answer for our actions, whether they're good or bad whether we embrace Christ or not. And therefore, an atheist should be asking themselves this vital question. It's, why do I have this inherent sense that certain actions are wrong? What is it within me that tells me that murder is morally unacceptable? Why is it that animals such as lions don't experience remorse when they kill to survive? But humans, if we kill to survive, that's considered immoral. These are the type of questions they should answer. And as Christians, we should be rooted in biblical truth to provide compelling answers. Our faith teaches us that God's law is written on the hearts of all people, revealing that there is a universal moral compass. There is objective morality, if you will. It's this moral compass that stirs within us, causing us to feel guilt or affirmation based on our actions. So, let us engage in fruitful conversation with atheists, seeking to understand their perspective, sharing the truth of God's uh, word with love. Let us be ready to provide an answer for the hope that lies within us, recognizing that morality is not just a simple matter of debate. It's not about who's right or who's wrong, but it's a reality that's woven in the very fabric of our existence, all of us. 
And so we need to approach these discussions with humility, with love, and a firm foundation in the scriptures. And we always need to be ready to point others to, uh, to Christ, who is the ultimate judge of all of our lives. So may God bless you all and remember to operate in the Holy Spirit and love and all right all right it's time to go ahead and get this thing started as y'all could tell i changed it up a little bit today i wanted to change the flow of the show i want to start off with the devotion and then we hop right into the question. And then we, if we got any videos, we do it in our reaction segment. What's going on, Anthony? How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing good, man. I, I like the new flow. I, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot, man. What's going on with you, brother? Man, hanging in there. Hanging in there. Um, really just trying to get ready for retirement, to be honest. Been having a whole bunch of <laughs> interviews and trying to... Uh, trying to manage my time between still work, working in the military, but then also dealing with all these different interviews and stuff coming up. Then I'm gonna give a shout out to my sister. She getting married uh, next weekend. And so I'll be, I'm gonna be out of town for work all week. And then I'm gonna leave straight from out of town for work to fly to Georgia for my sister's wedding. So it's gonna be a real busy week for me. How about you? Man, just trying to wrap up this summer, man, and get ready, you know, uh, school's getting ready to start. A friend of mine reached out to me, uh, asking me, do I want to coach some football, some D-line, O-line coming in the fall? And so I've been praying about that. Like, Lord, is that something you want me to do? Get back into the coaching for a little bit because my son has moved on. He's out in Texas. He'll be out there uh, permanently, you know, and so he'll be going back and forth from there to whatever teams that he goes to play for. And then my daughter, she's out in Korea. She won't be back till the wow. end of the month. And so, you know, the kids is moving on and, you know, me and the wife trying to figure out what our next steps are, man. Cause we, we, we got a lot of ministry stuff lined up, but just trying to get our ducks in a row. Man, man, that does seem like a lot going on. You know, <laughs> I, I got out of coaching when, when uh, I moved to LA cause the traffic was so bad and then COVID happened. But, you, you, I want to get back into it, man. Even though, like you said, my kids, they, they're, they're past the age where I can coach them, but I definitely want to get back into it because uh, one, it's fun. I, I mean, I, I enjoy it, but then two, yeah. it's an opportunity <laughs> to minister to the kids as well. Yes, yes. So, get you back out in that community, touching and talking, and you know, uh, ministering to folks because coaching has always been a ministry platform for me because I get to let my light shine. I get to raise up young men, young women, you know, and, and it's just a, it's just a good environment, you know, growing yeah. up in sports, you know, I, I love the environment. So, man. Yeah. So look, I know people are watching. I don't see any comments though. So I want to make sure nothing going on with my thing. So if y'all that just simply say, Hey, say, what's up, let us know in the comments that you're there. So then that way I can make sure that my comments is working and I'm, I'm yeah, I, know, I noticed that too. I was like, are the comments working? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but now, okay. Natasha, I appreciate you. Thank you for uh, right. thank you for letting me know that we good. I think everybody just signed today, but I definitely want to get everybody's opinion on today's topic. Actually, uh, Tasha is watching from, uh, from from Facebook, and our question today actually came from uh, 
Our question today actually came from a Facebook post. So, matter of fact, I'm just going to pull it up. So, one of my uh, buddies, uh, okay, everybody saying, what's up? Hey, how y'all doing? Thank y'all for checking in. She said they're working. All right, cool. Appreciate it, y'all. All right. Um, so, the question today, does, is there morality without God? And so, the question was inspired by this Facebook post that I saw. Um, I'm going to kind of go through the post, show y'all how I reacted to it, get y'all uh, thoughts on how y'all would have reacted to it. And then we're going to look at a couple clips as well. Um, obviously, we're going to hear uh, Anthony's uh, viewpoint, uh, and we get to react to those clips uh, live today. But basically, it says one of the greatest tragedies of mankind is that morality has been hijacked by religion. So now people assume that religion and morality have a necessary connection. But the basis of morality is uh, really very simple and doesn't require religion at all. All right, so what are y'all thoughts on it? If you're in the comments, let us know. How, if you saw this from, uh, from a friend who's an atheist, who you know is an atheist, to me it, it looked like an opportunity. He opened up the door for me to share, share the word with him a little bit, right? And so I'm just curious, um, before I show what I, how I responded, how, how would you all respond? What's the, uh, Anthony, what, like, Jeff, what's your initial thoughts on this and is there morality without God? Yeah, I, I think, you know, to not be um, too anticlimactic, I think that morality, you know, when we're talking about morality, we're talking about right and wrong, right? We're talking about, you know, being concerned with what is right and what is wrong um, concerning people and things and the way to handle situations. And I think from... His point of view, he's correct, but what he doesn't understand is that morality doesn't save, right? You know, you can be a, 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 a morally good person, right, and still not be saved. And you can be a saved individual who has moral failures. And so the idea of morality sometimes I think is the wrong question, as you said in the devotional, is that is that really the question? Is that really the issue here, you know, is right and wrong because you have objective morality, right? And then you have subjective morality. And so people can have their takes on morality, but when it comes down to God, because, and I love the scripture that you, 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 uh, you use because it was the same one that I went to in my study, is that when a Gentile, who doesn't have the law does the things that are in the law without knowing that <laughs> he becomes a law to himself but ultimately in that passage it says but all are going to come and be judged by the gospel according to christ and so that's the the end result and so when we look at you know morality can a, a, a um can an atheist can someone who doesn't know god have morals of course you know but is that really the issue here? Is that really what we're getting at? Because be, having morals, maybe people are saying, well, I can be a good person without God. Well, yeah, you can be good in your own opinion, right? According to your own ways, but that won't save you. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I think we're going to see tonight, too, that uh, I think atheist view of what they think a Christian feels is going to be slightly different than at least 
from what you stated and how I feel and what I'm saying in some of the comments. So real quick, uh, what's going on, Tanya? Thank you for checking in. NPR Evolution said, good or bad is always subjective. I feel like you can have morality with or without God. You can be bad and be a Christian. You can be good and believe in nothing. And those are, he said, also, uh, people use titles in any ground for a brownie point for the assumption of image. And that could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing at the same time. Yeah, no, all good points. All good right. points. So th this is this is what I uh, I, I want to do. I'm going to take y'all through because this is an actual PDF that I saved and I put some screenshots of uh, of how I responded to it. And so I just kind of walk y'all through how I responded to it because what, what, what first off, one of the things is is that Everybody is not going to be a pastor. Everybody is not going to be apologetic. Everybody not going to be a missionary. Um, but I think we all should be ready to give an account, right? And the way you do that, I think you need to have wisdom in how you do it. And so, yeah. um, one, had this not been a friend, somebody I knew, I had a relationship with, then I probably wouldn't have even responded to this post. Um, but because it's somebody I knew, that's why I responded to the post, and it was just an opportunity. And I know he's an atheist, so it was just an opportunity for me to just kind of share the gospel with him a little bit. Well, not, not even share the gospel with him. Let me take that back because I didn't share the gospel with him. What I did was I wanted to, um, what I call it, I call it like putting a pebble in a shoe, right? So when you walk and there's a little bitty rock in your shoe, you get, that thing irritates you so much you got to stop and do something about it. So I just wanted to give him something to really think about. And so uh, this is kind of, uh, this is what I, this is how I responded. And so basically I was like, uh, I can't, and this is where the Hitler thing came into place. Um, I said, is what Hitler did moral and who gets to decide, his followers or his opposition, right? So who, so, because like we said here, it's subjective. And that's, that's kind of where I was going. And I said, it's not that morality needs religion. It is, it is the simple fact that if there's no God, and when I say God, I say, I'm, uh, I, I clarify, an uncreated creator. So if there's no uncreated creator, then there's no morality. It's simply everybody's opinion. Of course, we can all do good or kind things, but why are those things considered good or kind? The only way we know, and so now this right here, this piece here, and I'm going to show a clip later on from uh, Frank Turk. This, I, I watched a lot of Frank Turk. He's an apologet, apologet, apologetics, apologetics. Uh, apologetics. Apologist. He's an apologist. That's where I'm going for. He's an <laughs> apologist. I listened to a lot of his stuff, and it was funny that I remembered. It, I was surprised that I remembered most of what he said because a lot of these examples of stuff I heard him say years ago, right? But anyway, the only way you know an interception is a bad thing in football is because someone determined the rules of the game. If not, then an the interception is no different than a completed pass, right? That's the only way. It's different, right? What is that? I think she's talking. <laughs> I think she's talking about my pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, I, I struggle with pronouncing words. I, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> but uh, but religion just states that someone outside of this world made rules of the game, and therefore that someone determines uh, what is good versus bad. And so that was my uh, first thing, right? So then his wife came back and said this. Pretty certain it's not religion stopping me from strangling my husband every other day. And so because it was his wife and because I got a relationship with him, I, I didn't even – I was going to just be done with what I said. So right, I just kind of right. laughed it, and I was just going to let it go, right? And so then um, he finally responded. So this was his response back. 
Um, and I and I covered up their names, you know, you know, just for the sake of, you know, just so I want to put their business, put them out there like that. But I said, he he said, um, it was going on, Carrie. Thank you for checking in. He said, um, our social construct determines what rules of the games, what rules of the game are now. I agree that in early civil uh, civilization, religion provided a basis for morals. But over the course of history and even today, religion is just as susceptible to causing harm as other sources. So, so one, I think, I, I think it was the same thing even back in the day. You know, religion versus people, culture, and what they decided determined the rules. I don't think that necessarily changed. And then, but I will agree that religion can cause people harm too. But there's a difference between religion and and then truth, right? So if God set a true standard, but somebody in religion doing something that's opposite of the truth, then they're just as wrong as the person who don't have religion, right? And I know that other that bottom piece is kind of uh, blurry, but basically what it's saying is uh, he get asked the question all the time: if there's if there's no God, then why won't you? Uh, what keeps you from uh, raping people or murdering people? And he says, um, he what did he say? He says the amount. He says my answer is I do rape all I want. And the amount I want is zero. And I do murder all I want, and the amount I murder is zero, right? The fact that uh, people think that if they didn't have uh, this person watching over them, that they would go on killing, raping, and rampaging uh, is, is, you know, so basically he made this point of, of how he doesn't need God to not do bad things. And so I, I completely agree. Like, there's Me people too. who believe in God who do bad things and people. And so this is, I, I came back with this. I said, look, my question is not what's to stop you, right? What's to stop you from hitting your husband or doing something bad? That's not my question. The question is why is it bad in the first place, right? Who is to say that it's wrong? Like, I'm positive that a rapist and the, and the victim, they're going to have two very different opinions on on, on, that, on that situation, right? And then I, I use the lion, for example. I said, take a lion, for example. When he mates, consent is not thought of, but it's different for humans. The question is why? If my goal is to survive, then what makes rape, murder, and you can fill in the blank wrong, right? And see, this is what Hitler's view was. This is, this is what Hitler thought. He had the strongest, only the, the strongest survive mentality. He's like, if they can't beat us to survive, then they deserve to die. That was his mentality. And so... Was he wrong in that? And if so, why was he wrong? Like, because one thing that really messed me up, I heard, I can't remember who I heard said, but I heard somebody say this. They was like, you know, we always look at Hitler as how bad he was, right? But you got to remember, there were school teachers, uh, businessmen, every everyday people who supported what Hitler did. No different yeah. than how we support, you know, what our country do. And so uh, there's, your everyday average Joes who thought what Hitler did was perfectly fine. And then obviously you got other people who thought what he did was perfectly wrong. So the question is, when you talk about morality, is who's right and who's wrong? And so he just basically kind of came back. He just hit, I think he just hit a thumbs up. He didn't reply back to it. But then another person in the group, oh, I also, I concluded with this. I said, I don't intend on converting you or getting you to agree with me. I simply state that from my viewpoint, social construct is simply just a bunch of people agreeing with each other. But what happens when a larger, more powerful group of people come and take over their social construct uh, and uh, or their new, the stronger uh, company or country, right, their new way of living is the new social construct. Does that make them automatically morally right? Right. And I think there's a TV show. 
I forgot what it's called. Where like if we lost World War Two and if Russia had won or something, what America would be like? It's like yeah. I forgot the name of that TV show, but there's a TV show that's basically like that. But that's the case. Like say say right now we lost to a water to uh, a country who had completely different values than we do, right? And then they took over, and now their values are law. Does that make them morally right and us morally wrong? Well, so what's your thoughts so far on that on this conversation, Anthony? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I think. I, I, well, first off, I, I agree, like you said, you know, when it just God being there doesn't make me automatically do the right thing. But where does right and wrong come from? That's actually a great question. You know, is it something that we come up with on our own? Well, according to the scripture you read early earlier, that even if a, a person who didn't know the law did what was in the law, they are still agreeing with what God's standard was. It wasn't their standard. You know, in thinking about this conversation, uh, we're, we're uh, on another stream. We're going through the book of Genesis and we were looking at the fall, right? And so what was the fall? What was the sin? They ate from the fruit of the tree of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. Well, that tells you right there that from that point forward, mankind had that knowledge, right? The, mankind knew good from evil, right from wrong. And so, but where did that standard come from? That standard comes from God. If you remove God, then it does become just a social construct that we can agree in any construct. Because like you said, you go over to some parts of the world and raping is not really raping you know and this is for human beings you know there's yeah. parts of the world where cannibalism is not an evil thing they're they're like what that's wrong you know i mean yeah. so it, there's even in some groups within our country that there's things that are okay to do that in other groups they would say oh no that's unethical you shouldn't be doing that and yeah. so when when we stick to the social constructs then morality then varies. But if we want an objective morality, a morality that's beyond just what man can come up with, then that morality, that comes down from God. That That is handed down and it is innate in us. We know that we're rebelling against something. Yeah. Even if we don't admit it, right? We know that to do some of these things is us rebelling against something. So that's that's my initial thoughts, you know, from that conversation. Yep, yep. Hold on, I'm trying to my fan somehow I hit the, the little spin button on my fan. But yeah, no, that's 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 the that's the point that I was making. Without God, then what makes us different from a lion, right? Because a lion, when he goes to mate, he's not thinking about consent. He's thinking about reproducing, right? Right. Or whatever. And when a lion goes to eat, he's gonna kill to eat. But why is it that we as humans? feel that that's wrong what is it in us that make us know that that's wrong and you know god put that in us god made god gave us you know the ability to know the difference between right and wrong and so so to me if you take god out of the equation then then there's no then then there's no it's just everybody opinions but you know what even that you know like you said you know to to kill and to eat right well, the way god designed it <laughs> is that man was always supposed to do that Yet, there are individuals that if we had to go back to that, 
they would struggle. They would, they probably would, you know, they probably would die because they're like, well, I'm not going to kill an animal. Isn't that wrong? Well, who's to say, who's you know, to say who, wrong? Who, who's to say that that's wrong? Yeah. And so it, I think it, you know, but if you look to God, God would say, well, no, I actually made that for your food. You can, you can do that. <laughs> You're like, and, what? And then some people will say, well, then that's an evil God. And while you, yes, but you don't exactly. get to tell the creator what is good or bad, that's the problem. Yes. You don't get right. to make that up. So if the creator decides to take somebody away, make kill somebody, that's the creator's choice, right? Uh, the creator say that food is good. That's the creator's choice. And right. so, and that's why I specified the uncreated creator, because just like in the game of football, there's somebody outside of the game set the rules. Right. And so an interception is bad as a bad thing for the offense anyway. Right. And a completed pass is a good thing. for the, right. So even even Paul tells Timothy, he says that in order to win the game, you have to play by the rules. Like like he even put that in there that yeah. you don't win point. the game. unless you That's play a good by point. The rules. That's a real good point. That's a real good point. Real quick, let me say hey to everybody. Kerry, yeah. thank you for checking in. Appreciate your VR. Good evening. How you doing? Ezra, Joyce, Gwen, thank y'all for checking in. Darren, what's up, brother? Uh, a good sermon today, too, man. Barbara Weaver, thank you for checking in as well. All right, I'm going to pull up Natasha. She said, the BTK killer went to church every Sunday and was an active member of his community and was married, but he still killed many people and his wife never knew. And so I think that she was she put that comment up in reference to us saying I, he, you can know God and still do bad things, right? Bad I know things. that God go know that God exists, and that's just that's just the reality. Uh, and so, so then uh, one another person came in, who's I'm assuming also also an atheist. And um, again, so I want to make this clear though. This conversation, I took a risk here because it could have got ugly in debate, yeah, heated, or whatever. Did. But but they <laughs> were really, but they were really, um, they were really cordial. They was really cordial with me. And so, hey, listen, any chance I get to kind of drop a couple little nuggets to an atheist, hey, I, I'm all yeah, I love it. But she said, uh, <clears throat> she said, I actually just had a very interesting conversation last week about this exact topic. In my opinion, the problem with connecting morality to religion exclusively is that there are numerous religions with contradictory opinions on what is right and what is wrong. Which religion is the right one? Which holy book is the one to follow? The obvious answer will be the religion you currently follow or were raised in because that is, of course, the correct one. In any function, functioning society, you are going to have a set of universal truths or morals. You probably shouldn't murder. You should protect your young which is very interesting for her, for that to be one of the examples she used, especially what's going on in our country on, on the debate of is a, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> is an embryo of human being or not. I'll just right. say it that way. And truthfulness should be favored without those three weed into societal structures. Things will eventually fall apart. With that being said, every society is going to have different exceptions to the rule. To what degree is it acceptable to murder or lie, etc.? Atheists have the capability to navigate life using strong morals and values not tied to religion. The authority behind morality dictated by a deity is not the only authority that exists. Before I show what I say, how, what would you say to this? How, how would you have, would have responded to that? Um... I probably would have, you know, said that number one, I do agree 
um, with a lot of what she's saying. Um, I think ultimately um, I go back to, you know, what you said in the devotional, because that was my thought too, is that, is this really the issue here? You know, um, because, you know, your morality being dictated by a deity or no deity, ultimately God has put this in us. And so whether we admit it or not, he's the one that put in us this ability and this understanding of what is right and what is wrong. And so by him putting it there, ultimately, even if you thought you came up with it, you're not the author of it. You didn't, you didn't, you're not the originator of don't murder. Even if you've never read a Bible, you've never seen any holy books, right? And you feel that murder is wrong. You didn't make that up. Your social group didn't make that up. God did. And so ultimately you're not going to be able to erase him from the equation, so to speak, when it comes down to dictating what is right and what is wrong. And and the Bible doesn't cover every moral situation, right? But the fundamentals are there that cross every culture and boundary. And so I think ultimately, you know, to, to, to focus on, oh, well, an authority, the, the, the authority behind morality dictated by a deity is not the only authority that exists. That right there is a misunderstanding of who God really is. Yeah, no, it definitely is. But to a point, she has a point, you know, um, there's judges and lawyers and, you know, go- governments and stuff who, who well, have what is scripture who say, has a, right? Has authority, but God put them in place. <laughs> you <laughs> so, see what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so 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 yeah, at the end of the day, but but yeah, we, we when we look at some of these videos we're gonna react to, because I'm gonna say some of my comments, I'm gonna put I'm gonna say I'm yeah. doing a video. But yeah. we'll see that some of this plays, but this is kind of what I what I, what I said to her. I say you make a good point on a lot of different religions and and each thinking theirs is the correct one. This is why I didn't argue for one over the other. If you notice, I've never even, like, I'm just trying to argue for the fact that that God exists, right, at this point. It's not even, I'm not even talking Christianity at this point. I said, this is why I didn't argue for one over the other. I simply stated that if there is a, a God, uncreated creator, then God set the standard of morality. So technically it's not religion. So technically the, the post was right. But if there is not a God, then morality is just people's opinion. And I guess the loudest voice decides who morality is the one accepted. You know, that's good. And I'm glad you put that. So technically it's not religion because religion is a response to God. God is not religion. Right. Yeah. Religion is how we relate to God. And so religion does not set the standard. God does. And so how we worship God doesn't set morality. God does. You know, so I'm glad you kind of made that distinction. But because I don't think people make that distinction when yeah. you hear God, you you so a lot of people say that's uh, synonymous with religion, whereas the religion is the vehicle by which we worship and, and show God honor, it's not him. That he's yeah. not religion. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all, all good points. Hey, yeah, look, if you're watching, let us know how you respond to, um, you know, you, you, you had the comments up, the, what they said. 
Also, too, have you all interacted with people on social media? Do you kind of shy away from it? How do you handle it? Me, in this case, I knew this particular person. I had a relationship with them, and so I wanted to, you know, I just shared my thoughts uh, with them. And this is not the first time. Me and him had conversations about this, uh, 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 about religion and, and, and Christianity, my beliefs, his beliefs, all the time. Um, but, again, I, I say this. Us as Christians, we... Like, this is a way to share the gospel, right? Or this is a way to uh, defend the faith and give an account why you believe and help people become to come to know Christ. You know, um, I think social media is a new, is the way people interact now. And so if we as Christians is not sharing the word in social media, then the question is, are we missing the opportunity, you know, to help people? So so de- definitely want to hear y'all thoughts on that. But, but now we're going to, we're going to dive into it. Because they were so polite, <laughs> I wanted to get viewpoints of atheists, right? Because, like, I'm like Joseph. Me and you were talking um, off, offline, and we were saying it would have been nice if we had Joseph come on this one because he looked at both sides. I try to, too. I try to put myself in the shoes of an unbeliever because for so long I was an unbeliever. And so I try to think, well, what would I say or how would I do it? And so I want to uh, – I pulled a couple of clips. I got two clips of a- atheists. Um, and then I got, um, I think I got two clips of uh, of Christians as well. Uh, Frank Turk being one of them, who who heavily inspired my response to that conversation. Um, and so you'll probably see some of that in there. But yeah, I wanna um, I wanna show some of those. So we'll react to this short first, to this uh, short from this atheist first. Uh, wanna hear your thoughts, Anthony? Wanna hear y'all thoughts in the comments as well? Let's check it out real quick. I don't believe that I will be rewarded for doing good things. I don't believe I will be punished for doing bad things. And yet I choose to do good things and eschew bad things. Meanwhile, you have this other person who has both the carrot and the stick. If I'm good to enough people, I get eternity in paradise. If I'm bad to people, I'll be burned forever. There, there's, I think it's Kohlberg was the, the psychologist, if I remember, that talked about the different levels of moral development. Level one, the basic, most fundamental moral development is... If I do this, I'll get in trouble. And if I do that, I'll get a cookie. That's very basic moral development. The highest level of moral development is the application of universal moral principles to all situations. I believe in human rights and well-being. Therefore, I can apply that to every situation and come up with a moral answer. As opposed to, I don't want to go to hell, and I do want to go to heaven. So I guess I'll not for anybody today. Yeah. So... Why you gather your thoughts, Anthony? Unless you're ready to respond. I'll, oh, I'm, I'm I'm ready for this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's hear it. What 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 what's your response to this short? And we can play it back if we need to. No, no, I'm good. I've actually heard this argument many, many times. And, you know, and again, this is one of those arguments that misses the mark on what Christians believe. It's actually a misrepresentation of a Christian. Christians don't do what's right because they're afraid to go to hell, right? Christians don't do what's uh, don't uh, don't do what's wrong uh, because uh, they're they're trying to like oh I'm not going to do wrong because I don't want to go to hell I'm, I want to do right so that I can go to heaven. That is kind of typical, you know, uh, jargon that you hear. But yeah. Christians do what's right to please God because of our relationship with him. Yeah. Sometimes what a Christian does that is right towards God for someone without God, they will say that that's not right. And so it's, it's not just as simple as I'm going to do good 
and get the cookie, which is heaven, because I don't want to do what's wrong because I'm going to get the rod or the stick, you know, because that's hell. As a matter of fact, I shared this with somebody. I said, you know, as a Christian, I don't necessarily even think about heaven or hell. I think about growing in my relationship with Christ. I don't actually think, oh, okay, this morning I got to get up and I got to do good today because I want to go to heaven. I think that is, as he said, basic fundamentals that you would see in your your average uh, uh, moral development. It really is true. And I think there are people that are stuck there, that if I do good, I'm supposed to get good. If I do bad, I'm supposed to be punished. And that actually hinders you in your relationship mm-hmm. with Christ, because now you're constantly trying to balance the scales that Jesus threw away. There are no scales. It's faith in Christ that makes you righteous with God. And you do good because the Holy Spirit is transforming you day by day as you get in the word of God. And good is dependent upon what God determines to be good. Not necessarily I've checked all these boxes and I my good outweighs my bad. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And and I think that's 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 one of the biggest issues with like say the prosperity gospel because it does have you on some let me do yes. good so I can get something. Um and so I can see where he get that view of Christian because some Christians do have that view, but you're right, it is a mis- re- misrepresentation of Christianity of what it means to be a Christian. So to me, I want to remind everybody kind of what he said at first. Let me uh, replay. I don't believe that I will be rewarded for doing good things. I don't believe I will be punished for doing bad things. And yet I choose to do good things and eschew bad things. Yeah. So let me stop there. So first and foremost, he's full of crap. Let let me just make that. Let me just make that make, make that clear. He he know good and well if he do good things or be a good steward or you know uh, do good on he, his job. Do good on his job. He's gonna be rewarded, right? And he know if he do bad things, uh, he if he steal something, if he murder something, he gonna be punished and go to jail. So he right. may try. He although he's not thinking about eternity. He's right. definitely thinking about the here and now. The difference between an atheist and a Christian is that a Christian is will say, not only do I have to deal with the here and now, I also have to worry about eternity, right? And so uh, what is my eternity going to be like? But you can't sit here and say you don't operate off of rewards or punishment because if that's the case, trust me, if you saw something you really wanted, you would just steal it if there was no punishment behind it. That's the whole reason we got a legal system, we have laws and all that now, because human beings would murder if it wasn't illegal. They would steal if it wasn't illegal. So he, so first, for him to say he don't believe in being rewarded or punished, you do, you just don't believe it on eternity, right? The Christian the Christian does. They, the Christian believes in both. It's, it's like me being in the military, right? Uh, as an American citizen, I uh, I'm, I'm I have to uh, I'm held to the uh, Constitution, right? But as an airman in the Air Force, in addition to the Constitution, I'm held to the UCMJ, and so it's not that it gets easier. It's actually more it's, it's more restrictive. I'm different. I'm different than the average citizen. And so in his case, atheist U.S. Constitution. He's not held to the UCMJ because he don't believe in the doctrine of God. You know, he don't believe in biblical doctrine. So, uh, so he's only operating off of one. But as a Christian, we're 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 operating on both. 
we got we got to deal with the uh, rewards and punishment here, and then we also we also know that everybody gonna eventually have to deal with it in eternity. So for him to say that, for him to say that he was just completely wrong. And then I second what you say too is that uh, that he got a wrong view of Christianity because yeah, at I the like, end of the I day, like your I, no, I, like your, I like your point about you know kind of calling him to the carpet, you know, in, in real life. Because in real life, you know, he he does believe in that because that is just what he said, that that is basic yeah. moral thinking. Right. Is that if I do good on this job, I do expect to move up in the company. Yep. And if yep. I do bad, I am afraid of getting fired. I mean, come on. You know, if, if you know, if you're married, if. I love my wife and I serve her and I take care of her. I expect that in return. That's, yeah. that's, that's my reward. Right. Yeah. If I treat her like crap, I am worried that she going to leave me. Yeah. Right. So that, that, that's just, you it know, is common sense. It's just common sense. And, and what's so fun, this is going to be a common thing throughout these videos that are at least the next video for the, the other atheist video is that, Atheists are people who don't believe in God. They accept stuff from human beings that they say is wrong or they want to accept from God, right? right? right. Because, because he's saying that he's saying that rewards and punishment is a bad thing to right. operate your morals off of. But you do this, you accept this in everyday culture. I, I, our country is literally built around that. Uh, um, and and you accept it as no thing, but when it comes to God, all of a sudden, no, that's just a very basic. Well, you know, that's immature to think that way. But you know, um, and we're gonna see some something very similar in the next one as well. But yeah, but no, that's that's what that's what my thoughts. And so it's easy when you're on social media, and you got these little shorts that it go. You can say some real clever, and then just leave people thinking like, hmm. But if you just sit down and break down what people say, you realize that most of the time they they're, they're saying something that they don't even believe themselves, or they don't right. even follow themselves. So, so yeah, that's that. Um, okay, so let me see which one, which video do I want to do next. Let's do let's do one from a Christian now. We're gonna do one um, from uh, Frank uh, talking to this uh, this kid who asked him a question. Do you believe that um, atheists and agnostics, uh, once they like choose that path or their point of view, um, do you believe that they can't be as moral as Christians? Oh no, Christian atheists, agnostics can be just as moral as anybody else. Um, right. The question isn't can you do you need God to be moral? You have to believe in God to be moral. No, there's atheists that are very moral. Um, the, the question is, can you justify morality without God? And that's the problem, right? It's not, can you act morally? Of course, atheists can act morally. The question is, can you justify what is moral without God? And I say, no, it's just your opinion if there's no God. Yeah, see, this is exactly, that's where I was at. That's, and, and again, I found this video after I did all those comments. I actually found this like yesterday. Um, but I, I was like, man, I was heavily inspired from from sitting under his, listening to some of his teachings. But how? I mean, if you're like for me, I was raised in family with, I, I would say, uh, not sound conceited, but with very high morals. Um, okay. Respects. Yeah. Um, good. point of views. I'm very open minded. Good. Um, so, uh, <laughs> how would that? How would God influence me to be more moral? Even if like I think of myself and people tell me that I'm. A, decent and moral person well let's back up for a second and ask the question what is the purpose of life is the purpose of life to be moral 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's uh. See, yeah. So I want to show this video because Frank does a good point that I completely forgot about. Every time I'm in a situation where I can do it, I always forget. But I'm reading this book by I forgot. It maybe Lee Strobel. I can't remember the author's name, but it's called Tactics. And in the book Tactics, he talk about how to uh, basically deal with atheists or people talking about you know coming against Christianity. And one of the things they say is you ask you ask them questions. And so that way you don't seem uh, right. like you're forcing your religion on. You just ask them questions that get them to the point that you want them to make. And Frank does a good job of doing that here. And so this is something we can all take note from when we're dealing with people. No, I wouldn't. Well, that's, I guess I would say no. But What is the purpose then? Um, to make the world a better place. That would be then being moral. Why? Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, in a sense it would be. Um, so that our uh, children and grandchildren can leave. Who can cares? We're ultimately going to burn out one day. So what, what's the ultimate purpose? So that we can live longer and humans can stay on the earth longer. So what? Ultimately, it's all going to, we're going to spin out. We're going to heat death. Okay. So is there any ultimate purpose? There may be short-term purposes, but no ultimate purpose. Yeah, that's true. Okay, okay so. Yeah. In the very long term. Right. In the very long yeah, term, there's no okay. purpose. So why mm -hmm. even care about the short term then? Because I care about my children and grandchildren. Right, but so did Stalin. And then Stalin lived a great See? life for himself and his children and grandchildren by killing everybody around him and taking their stuff. Yeah, he's a bad person, so. Yeah. But what do you mean by bad? He's killing other people. <laughs> Why is that wrong? Because it's, it's, I mean, it's not good to kill other people. You see, see, this is the problem. See, when you take God out of morality, you can't even, you can't justify it. Because he's right, Stalin did love his kids and his family and he did what he had to do to take care of them. He right. did that by killing other people. Who to say he's wrong? Who to say your view of him being wrong is the right view? Right? He said, um, he says, seems that uh, seems that atheists see themselves as God. Uh, mm. ba basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, basically they do. But but I like how he asked how he he's asking these questions to make him think like. And, and this is kind of what Solomon talked about, right? And, uh, was it Ecclesiastes where he's like, vanity, vanity? Is it yeah. like, what, what's, if without God, what's the purpose of life? Yeah, what's the, what what's the, the point? point? Yep. Let's see. Uh, Jesus already died for all of our sins, so no, our good deeds, our praying 10 times a day will not get us into heaven alone. But I do, but I do good deeds because it's in my heart to do so. I sow good seeds because I have been on the other side of things. Um, on the other side of things and have been on the one that needed it. We are blessed to be a blessing. So any way I can do right, I do it. It's about the heart behind our deeds. And I think this was in response to uh, the guy saying we do good stuff to go to heaven. No, and that's that's all, all good points. That's all, all good points. But, uh, I believe the same way. I think that's one of the reasons why I like teaching and mentoring and coaching because if I know something – I feel obligated to help somebody else do it as well. KU, what's going on? Thank you for checking in. We just talking about is there morality without God? Um, been a pretty interesting conversation so far. Yeah. Right now, we're looking at a video of Frank talking to this uh, kid who, who I'm assuming is an atheist, asking him the purpose of life and morality and that kind of stuff. Let's let's finish it up. Why not? Because that's the. I mean, that's what most who people said? say. Yeah, but who said? Um, Hitler said it was good to kill other people. Stalin said it was good to kill her. Why, why is that wrong? Why are they wrong? Because they, uh, 
they killed millions of people. I know, but why is killing millions of people wrong if there's no God? Because, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would <laughs> just say because it's ruining the human race and it's... Um, right, but it presupposes yeah. that there's some value to human beings, right? Mm-hmm. It presupposes yeah, sure. that, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, sure. why are there values to human beings if we're here through a Darwinistic process which have, didn't have us in mind? There's no ultimate purpose to life. See, one of the problems when you're trying to discover morality is there can be no morality without purpose. Uh, just a practical example. Uh, you can't say that uh, your quarterback throwing a touchdown is better than your quarterback throwing an interception unless See, you know what the purpose of the game is. I heard this years ago, and I, I can't believe can't I remembered it. Maybe because it was talking about football. Whether a particular action that we take in the real world is good or bad unless you know what the purpose of life is. And so all this involves a purpose, and that involves God. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and that's that's really what it boils out. Another example that I like to use is robots, right? If I create a robot and I gave this robot the ability to make choices and I create the robot for a purpose, then I get to determine if this robot stopped doing what I created it for to decommission it or I get to determine what's good or bad for, for the thing that I created. And so it's the same way with God, which is why I make it clear when I say God, I mean the uncreated creator, you know, because if he if he created everything, then he gets to determine what the purpose is. Simple as that. Right. And so, if he's designated a purpose, then that that's where morality comes in, because what is good or bad is based upon the purpose. purpose. And that's yep. why I was saying earlier that there's certain things that a Christian would do that someone could say, well, that's not good. But based upon God's purpose, it is good. You know, even 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 our line of talking right now, right? Someone would say, "Well, that's wrong. You guys are, you know, talking bad about atheists, right?" Yeah. But we're yeah. not talking bad about atheists. We're exploring this idea of morality without God, and we're saying that you know, you can be moral, but why? Yeah. You know, without God, there's a big why. Like, why do you, you know, why is it no good to cheat on your wife? (laughs) You know, like, why is that wrong? Because there's a lot of people that will say, well, yeah, it's wrong, but it's not that wrong. Right. Because then you can start, you know, uh, uh, leveling your wrongs. Like, well, sometimes it's okay to do wrong in order to do good. Yeah. I had a Christian tell me that. Well, isn't it okay sometimes to do wrong if it does good? Like really? I mean, we're really yeah. having this conversation. <laughs> well, what's her name? Um, man, the lady in the Bible who um, when the when the spies when the Israelite spies snuck in, yeah. Ra- yeah, Rahab. Uh, I mean, so th- that's I think that's where she got. Where, I'm assuming that's where they got that idea from 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 that type of stuff. Or, or um, so she basically lied to for the sake of saving them. So technically, she did wrong. For the sake of doing good, you right? Know? So that's that's an example. But uh, but again, not not only that, who's to say that what she she because she did good that her wrong was okay? Like right. she might have still she may still be held accountable to God, but because God is mercy and He knows she did right, He forgive her for that wrong she did. So just because she did, you know, she, I mean, because we sin every day, you know, without knowing it, you know. And so just because she did a good thing don't mean in God's eyes 
the wrong part was all right. Either, well, here, so. just to speak to your point, I wrote down in my notes, James 2.10, and yeah. I looked at it in the Amplified Bible, and it says, For whoever keeps the whole law but stumbles in one point has become guilty of breaking all of it. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, when it comes down to God, if God is the standard, if he's the one who determines what is right, what is wrong, what is righteous, what is unrighteous, then ultimately you could say, well, I only messed up one time. <laughs> but hey. if this, you say, hey, like, hey. but if the standard is perfection, then you're guilty. Then you're guilty. So yeah. now what? Well, I'm going to have to seek God for forgiveness. Yeah. And that and, forgiveness comes through Christ. So yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Man, no, no, that's a good, that's a good segue to this other video. Because I, I again I was looking for an atheist that just came super hard with it, right? And see how, you know, just to just to see if they got a, a valid point. And I, what I found when I was looking, most of it was I can be good without God. Yeah, okay, and we okay. agree with you, but why right. is that good? And uh, Natasha said that's where grace comes in. And that's a good point. But watch how this atheist what this atheist has to say about this. And I, I, I definitely want to hear y'all uh, thoughts about this in the comments. Let me know how y'all will respond to this particular uh, video. Where do you get your limits from? I get my limits from a rational consideration of the consequences of my actions. That's how I determine what's moral. I get it from a foundation that says my actions have an effect on those people around me and theirs have an effect on me. And that if we're going to live cooperatively and share space, we have to recognize that impact. And my freedom to swing my arm ends at their nose. And that I have no right to impose my will over somebody else's will in that, in that type of scenario. That's where I get them from. It's from an understanding. What's the punishment if I get you them, do that then? I get them You're just going to die. I, Andrew, I get them from an understanding of reality, not an assertion of authority. Yeah, so so again, one, just because you think you're right, stop at hitting somebody. Well, the other person says, well, my right is to continue to hit you. Then what happened now? Now, now who's wrong? And then it's not right. an assertion of authority. It goes back to we, we, you, you're, you're making it bad that God is the authority, but you will f fall under the authority of your boss. Or you will fall under the authority of your government. Or you will fall under the authority of, 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 of uh, your president or a leader or whatever. Right. And so, but you're making it like it's a bad thing to be under God's authority. Right. Even, the even the network that you're on, you fall under their authority. There's certain things yeah. you can and you can't do, but you'll fall under that authority you know, in the, so yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but you won't, but, but but when it comes to God, oh no, I don't fall under that authority. Well, if you just do all that, let's just say you go out uh, with a gun and you just rape a bunch of people, then you just shoot what? yourself, what's going to be the punishment for you? If, if I go out and rape a bunch of people and shoot myself, what's going to be the punishment for me? Uh, I'll be dead. And, right. Yeah, I'll be dead. But and and it, why? It's, it's you, not uh, going to hurt, the bullet's going to go through your head in about a second, there isn't going to be any pain. That's correct. I'll be dead. Okay, so let's let's flip the script here. Let's say somebody goes around and right. murders somebody. All right, here we go. So Christians, how would y'all respond to this? So we talked about you know, hey, you if the if the standard's perfection and you mess up, Natasha says that's where grace comes in. Listen to what my man says next. And then after they're done, they get saved. What's the punishment for them? Oh, the punishment is hell. No, no, they, no, got, no, saved. they got saved. Also, Are you saying that a rapist can't be saved? Uh, See, this is the problem. 
This is the problem with Christian religion. It establishes unrealistic and irrational and immoral criteria by which to live. And then it creates a loophole so that you don't ever have to be responsible for those actions. Then, then, okay, Chris, no, Andrew, shut up till I'm done. Christianity is not a moral system. It is an immoral system because it specifically says that there aren't necessarily consequences that you're going to have to pay because of a loophole. And what is the loophole? It has nothing to do with how good you are or how morally you act or anything else. It has to do with whether or not you're willing to be a sycophant to an idea. And if you are, then there is now an exception for which you no longer have to suffer a penalty for this. So the idea that secular morality offers no guarantee that people will ever pay for their, their crimes and their, their atrocities is not an argument against secular morality, because that is a tenet of Christianity. It is the foundation. Your, the idea that, that the Christian God is just is directly contradicted by the idea that the Christian God is merciful. I, I want y'all not miss that. I'm going to let it finish out, but he said the idea that the Christian God is just is contradicted contradicted by the fact that he's merciful which you know which is like he would say is contradicted because of grace perfect justice and perfect in any mercy are in are necessarily directly in contradiction because mercy is a suspension of justice so do not pretend that your religion is moral and just and then try to attack my position which is based on reality because somebody might rape people shoot themselves ahead and then not get punished that's asinine yeah what you got? What you got, Anthony? Yeah, I, I think again, that's that faulty thinking, because that is not what Christians believe. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. Let me put it that way, because there may be Christians that believe that. But here's the thing: if you go out, shoot, and rape somebody, there are consequences. Exactly. You are going to jail. You might even, in depending on what state you're in have the death penalty right these yeah. are all consequences for your actions god doesn't keep you from those consequences eternity though you can be saved and forgiven for those sins that happen in this life but you may not escape the consequences of this let's say you go out and you 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 cheat on your wife and you uh uh get somebody uh get somebody pregnant and your wife says i can't stay with you that's a consequence jesus yeah. can forgive you of the sin but he doesn't remove the natural consequences because there are consequences to our action the bible says it this way that you reap what you sow he says be not deceived god is not to be mocked this guy's mocking god he says yeah. god is not to be mocked whatever a man sows that he is going to reap if he sows to the flesh, of the flesh, he's going to reap corruption. And corruption is specifically the damage that is done through the sins that we commit. And so we don't get away. We're not scot-free. But if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life ever everlasting. There are the works of the flesh. There are the fruit of the spirit. There is a way to live. God doesn't say just go out and do whatever you want and you'll be forgiven. That is what we would call hypergrace. Hypergrace is the idea that you can do whatever you want and God's grace covers it. That's not even grace. That's not what grace is. Grace is God helping you to be better than what you were, helping you 
to do something that you could never accomplish. You couldn't save yourself, so God's grace comes in to produce salvation. You couldn't overcome these certain sins, so God's grace comes in to strengthen you. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. And so that's what we say to this individual is that grace is not a get out of jail free card. Grace is a live better card. Grace makes you better because you couldn't do that apart from God. And so it's not about getting off scot-free as he's suggesting that Christians would espouse. That's not what the Bible teaches. Yeah, straight up. I mean, I finally got to hit you with DJ Because, yeah, I can tell you, if I was one of the disciples, I'd probably begin talking to like Peter did all the time because this type of stuff <laughs> make me kind of angry. You cut know, some I ears kinda, off. You, yeah, you ready to cut yeah. some ears off? I'm yeah, it, you know, I have to be like, hey, God working on me. But uh, it, it does, it's kind of stuff made me angry. And because, again, first and foremost, when he's talking about cut, does it come from an authority? Again, classic case of you willing to accept something from human beings, but, you, but when it comes to God, it's bad. But also, just like you said, the person is still responsible for their actions, right? right. Uh, the, the difference with the Christian is that we say, "Hey, there's here and now, and then there's also eternity right. that you have to that you have to deal with." And like you said, the spirit—if uh, you operate in the spirit, you can be saved, right? And so, um, so that's the first thing. But the next thing that I would say is this: He talked about how mercy and justice contradicts each other, which is which is which is horrible because I guarantee you this. If he went, he, if he messed around and he did something today that got him in front of a judge, he would want that judge to show him mercy. mercy. And he would yes, think that would. it was just. Because if that judge, say he stole a candy bar and the judge locked him away and the judge got to, let's just say he did a crime, whatever that crime is, and that crime, uh, the strictest punishment of that crime is a life sentence. But however, the judge do have discretion. They have, uh, they can say, "Hey, I'm not gonna give you a life sentence. Or I may put you on probation. Or I may do this." You can, they can, that judge can still enact justice and show you mercy at the same time, and that's not contradicting one another. Because right. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, mercy is like showing compassion and forgiveness when somebody done wrong. But then justice, on the other hand, is like is is saying that, "Hey, um, I'm gonna hold you accountable." So I can still hold you accountable, but be right. lenient on it, right? right. And um, and so then, as I was thinking about this, the one thing that made that that kind of came to my mind when you think about a justice system, and I think this is why God allows certain things to happen here on Earth, so we can kind of understand it better with Him. But if I went to jail for stealing a candy bar and they put me in forever for life. I would think that's unjust. I think that's yeah. be harsh. So now, if you think about eternity, mm. you think about how long eternity is. Yeah. What sin is worth you forever being Ever. punished <laughs> for that? You better be glad God show you some mercy because eternity is forever. You never get out, right? So imagine if a judge, everybody who got locked up, they never got out. That is what he's calling for. And so... So the only thing that's gonna get you away from God eternity is you say, "Hey, I don't accept you. I don't accept you as my Lord and Savior. I don't. I don't want to be with you for eternity." But if you say that, if you say that you want to be with him, then now you deal with the consequences while you're here on Earth. 
but in ter- but in eternity you are forgiven. So that's kind of like a prisoner being let out of jail or a prisoner being let out on probation or whatever the case may be. But the reality of it is is that God will be unjust if he didn't offer some kind of forgiveness because eternity right. is forever. Who deserves a forever punishment? Right? <laughs> and so God offers a way that you don't get it. So she says, thank you. Jesus for grace and mercy. That doesn't make God immoral because he offered mercy. That actually makes him moral, especially when you think about how long eternity is. Uh, let's see. She says, deep. We have been given grace and forgiveness, though. I thank God. I thank God all the bad things I have done are not looming over my head every day because I repented and changed my life. She said, then yes, it would come down to our moral compass. The compass is guided by our beliefs and our personal opinions. And so, so yeah, at the end of the day, I just it just made me so upset how this guy was like, God is so immoral because he's not just if he gives mercy and you just get a you get basically get out of a jail free cause a loophole. No, it's not. Even your good stuff, right? Even even God say uh as Christians, our good deeds are going to be be tested, right? So the tested. things that we did, right. the things that we did uh, we unjustly, <laughs> uh, that we thought that they're gonna be burned away, right? So, so at the end of the day, God is gonna hold us accountable for every every word we every other yeah. word we talked about that last week. We talked about that last. Yeah, I was just about to say we talked about that last week. That there's not, you know, God. When we say God is just, it doesn't mean that God turns a blind eye to sin. I think it's um in uh, uh, Exodus, where he talks about all the attributes of God and how God is merciful and he's long-suffering and he's gracious and he is willing to forgive, but he does not let the sinner go free. You know, he does not excuse unrighteousness, but he gives mercy to those who turn to him and love him. And so God sees the good and the bad you think that people are just going to get away scot-free even that guy talking has the opportunity for forgiveness and mercy yeah you know so he can say well i i'm rooted in reality well one day you're going to stand before god and you're going to have to know that you know that your position was right and guess what's going to happen? When you have to answer to God, you're going to find out you don't have any ground to stand on. You know, you thought you had this high moral ground, but you don't have any ground to stand on because God is God, whether you believe in him or not. Yeah. So we got an interesting comment. Gregory, I hope you still, I hope you're still there. Because, I mean, I welcome the conversation. This is awesome. Um, so is there morality without God? We only have evidence that morality comes from our brains. We have no evidence that morality of other ideas come from come from God's. Have a nice evening. I would love to have a conversation with you, Gregory. Matter of fact, I would love for you to come on the show and explain yourself so that way we can have a dialogue. Um, because how do we have evidence that morality comes from our brains? First and foremost, our brain is different than our mind. Scientists can look at our brain and can't think at all what we what we can't know at all what we think, can't know at all our you know um, our inner thoughts and that kind of stuff. So our mind and our brain are obviously different things. How can I say to myself? Uh, I can hear myself talking without actually talking because there's something other than just my physical brain. So there's no evidence at all 
that says morality comes from your actual br- your brain. There's no evidence. Like, what evidence do you have? A scientist can't cut you open, look at your brain, and see morality. So I'm sorry, brother, but you're wrong in that statement. For one, and then for and then for two, then the question comes back to then whose morality or whose brain is right? Let's just say for argument's sake, you are right. Is is Hitler brain right? Is Stalin brain right, right in their thinking compared to let's say the, the uh, people who fought against them, compared to the Jewish brain? Whose brain is right? Was was uh, the, the things that came from Hitler brain? Like so again, I would love to have a conversation with you. I it's I would bet that you haven't saw the rest of the show based on your comments because you're, I, I feel like you would have added something to that. But to me, if if morality comes from our brains or our mind, I'll even give you that. If it comes from our mind, then was Hitler's mind right? Was that right. moral? That's the right, question. Because, because Hitler believed without a shadow of a doubt that he was doing the right thing. And the people that followed him believed in what he believed in, right? So if that's morality, if that's the kind of morality we're talking about that comes from our brains, then that that morality is flawed because guess what? We are fallen creatures, right? And so I would think that, man, we need an overhaul of morality if that's the only morality that we know. And, 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 you know, when we're talking about as Christians, when we come to know Christ, we do get a new heart, a new mind. We are regenerated to know something different than what we once knew because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were walking according to the prince and the power of the air. We were going uh, into things that we desired and wanted from our minds, right? But God through his grace and his mercy saved us and transformed us and changed us. And so, man, it's, I think, yeah, yeah, through that mind. And so, so let's say the morality that we have does come, like you said, let's, let's, let's say that it does come from our minds. Well, the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, that there is a transformation that needs to take place because of our morality apart from God, you know? So I I do think, yeah, I would love to hear more. Yeah. I mean, I I hate that he, he, he did it and and left. It would be nice if he stayed and had a conversation. Um, Because I think it's pointless if we only speak with um, Christians, right? Like the whole point of this is to help the, the non-believer to, to know. So I would love to have a conversation with, with you, Gregory. Um, um, so anyhow, yeah, no, that's a, I, I mean, you know, um, morality, you're right, though. I, I like, it was that Romans, was it Romans 10? 12. Romans 12, 2? 12, 2, yep. <laughs> Romans 12, 2, yeah, I got that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. so be transformed by the renewal of, of our minds. So to a point, he, you know, he may be right. Maybe right, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. We, we, a man, what is it, Proverbs? I think it's Proverbs that says mm-hmm. a man in his heart. What does it say in Proverbs? Hold on. I'm not I'm not to butcher the, the scripture. You pull it up. Yeah, I'm going to try to see if I can find it real quick. Uh, I thought it was Proverbs. Let's see. 
Oh yeah, Proverbs. I think it's Proverbs 16, 16, 2. Of course, I'm my computer, my little uh, iPad, not working for me. All right, I got it. He says, "People." Proverbs sixteen two says, "People may be okay. pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their uh, motives." You know, and so I think that's right. the scripture I was thinking of. So, like, so yeah, we may in our own mind and our brain think that we that we're right and we're pure and we're moral, but but God know, God knows, God judges our heart. Um, and so, uh, this uh, next video that I'm gonna show is a good one um, because. Like I said, the people that I talked to uh, uh, on the on the Facebook thread, they were they were pretty cordial with me. They were pretty nice with me. But every now and then, you'll get that atheist who who don't want to be cordial, who want to make Christians look bad, who want to say we're. Ugly. I mean, a lot of that is going on now, right? And so um, I came across this one video where this guy was like, "This is one question stumps all Christians." Oh yeah, you know, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. How does Christians respond? You seen that video? How yeah. do Christians respond to this question? And the question was, uh, I can't even remember the question now. The question was, uh, it was. Um, I thought you about to play it. <laughs> I, I, I am, I am gonna play it, but I had to cut it out. So, so I wanted to cue it up. Basically, the question is like, so if I don't believe the way you believe, I'm going to hell. You say I'm gonna burn in hell for eternity. So that question is designed to make you look bad. So I'm gonna shut up and right. let the guy. I'm gonna let the guy uh, talk because he he gives he gives a good point. He gives some good advice that we could use. So you're saying that anyone who doesn't believe just like you is going to hell. That's the way you put the question. Now, some people have said if you're, if you're careful how you push the question, you could win any argument. And the problem here mm. is that this was a question about the exclusivity of Christ, a critical issue in Christianity, but it was put in a way that made me look really, really bad. So instead, I am going to use questions to, to get those pieces placed on the table by the other person. Because if they put those pieces on the table, it's a lot harder for them to take them off, to deny them, okay? Let me show you how that works with the question, all right? And this person who asked the question there at the Barnes & Noble. I said, when he offered the question, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? No, go right ahead. Here was the first question I asked. Do you think that people who commit moral crimes ought to be punished? In other words, do people who do bad things, should they pay for them? And he said, well, since I'm a, a prosecuting attorney, yeah. I got lucky on the attorney part, you know, but most people have this sense, this deep intuition that people who do wrong things should not get away with them, okay? Yeah, see, and so, again, this goes back to that whole tactics thing, like asking a question. So if y'all don't take anything away, if you're dealing with the atheist and it's starting to kind of get heated, instead of just trying to make your point, a good tactic that you can use is just ask them questions that get them to the point you want to get to. And so I agreed with him. I agree. I agree that people who do wrong things ought to be punished. So now we've got a piece on the table. He put it there because I asked him the question. Second question, have you ever done any wrong things? <laughs> That's personal, right? What do you think he said? He said, yeah, I guess I have. If he, if he would, said he didn't do any bad things, I want to talk to his wife, you know. No, of course not. We all know we've done wrong things. I agreed with him. So have I. And then I said, now we've got another piece on the table. And so I, I, I said to him, look at where we've come just in two questions. We both agree that people who do bad things ought to be punished, and we both agree that we've done those bad things. You know what I call that? I said to him, what? He said, I said, bad news. This is not a good picture for us. Now, do I need to tell this man he's a sinner? No. He just told me. Do I need to tell him that he's under judgment? No. He just told me. Now, he wasn't thinking about that when he walked into the Barnes & Noble. 
But when I asked him a couple of simple questions that brought these moral intuitions, moral common sense really, to his awareness, he laid them right on the table. Now I've got something to work with. And then I went from there and I explained. It's as if the judge is about to lower the gavel on the two of us in the dock. And we both know we're guilty and we both know we deserve what we're going to get. And then the judge pauses and says, by the way, are either of you guys interested in a pardon at this point? Look, <clears throat> when you know you're guilty, you're much more open to an offer of forgiveness. And that's exactly where. See, see, and that's the thing. That guy, that atheist in that other video, in his mind, his morals come from his brain, like Gregory said. It comes from his thoughts, his, his own personal, or even like Randy said, seem like a lot of the atheists think that they're, they're their own gods. And so like my brother here said, when you know you're guilty, you're much more likely to want to accept that grace, to accept that mercy, to accept that out. I wanted to bring him. And then I explained in very simple terms about substitutionary atonement, that the judge took off his robe and got in the dock and took the punishment for us so that we could be set free. I didn't use the language of substitution. I just explained it because that's what God has done in Jesus. And that's why Jesus is the only way. He's the only one who solved the problem. Nobody else could do this. Only Jesus could. And that's why we have to put our confidence in him. So what I've done now is I've taken a very tricky situation, the question, and I've I've approached it using a tactical approach, getting help from the other person to get my pieces on the table right. so that when I'm going to make my case, now it's much easier to do so in light of what he's helped me to establish. And I don't know if that attorney trusted the Lord or not, but at least I was communicating the gospel to him in, at least in a way that he could understand because now it just wasn't a matter of believing in God and living the best way you could live. We both realize that's not enough. If we're really guilty, then there's got to be a solution to the guilt problem. And that's what Christians offer in Christ. God becoming a man to take the guilt upon himself so that we can be forgiven. That's the reason Jesus is the only way. He's the only one who solved the problem. And this is one way of getting to that vital point by using a tactical approach. Yeah, no, that was good. That, that, that was a good approach because I don't know how I would if you believe everybody's going to burn in hell, you know, I probably would have said something along the lines of, look, it didn't matter what I believe, it's what the God, that's what God says. You know, I, I would have probably came that route, but his route was <laughs> right. his route was way better than mine. Hey, well, yeah, hey y'all, yeah. uh, make sure y'all hit that like button. Uh, so one thing y'all got to do is uh, go out of the live comment feed, hit the yeah. like button, and then come back in the live comment feed. Uh, if y'all do that, it'll help the algorithm share this with other people. I'm hoping one day we get to a point where we got like 70 Christians on here and we right. just having a conversation back and forth, just fellowship and having a good time together. That's what, uh, you know, but I, I, I appreciate the people we do have. I just need y'all yeah. to just give us a little bit more comments, engage a little bit more. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, that, you know, that's something that I teach um, at our church when we're, no matter what conversations we're having, ask questions. You know, the Bible says to be slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to wrath, um, ask questions, you know, so often, you know, we want to be the answer man, right? We want to be able to answer every question, but sometimes you need to really hear what the issue is because sometimes we're answering a matter before we really hear it. Proverbs says that that's no good. <laughs> you know, you don't answer a matter before you really hear it. And so you do have to take time and offer some things and say, okay, so what do you think about this? Because you're putting yourself on level footing and you're having a discussion. Whereas a lot of times, you know, like you said, Rico, it's just, well, that's what God says. So that's it. And 
those of us that heard that growing up, we didn't like that answer. You know, you do what I said because I'm because I told you so. And what you're doing is that you're not causing the person to think you're not causing the person to process. But when that person can process what it is that you're saying, they may logically come to the same conclusion without you forcing anything on them. You're just having a conversation. And so I think, you know, uh, what he's saying is absolutely 100 percent and it and it does take a demeanor it does take you know a person that's willing to exercise patience and self-control and and be willing to listen to some things that may sometimes even feel offensive like you're like they're attacking your your belief system and you got to understand that no god is big enough to defend himself you know we we, you know like you said with peter i I like i like that you're like man we gotta cut some ears off i'm not gonna let them take you (laughs) you know natasha made a good point you say and it's taking away their free will if we you know if we don't i i can i can tell you too sometimes asking questions will allow you to uh know what's the right thing you're even responding to because you may think that that person's saying one thing or you may think you're asking one thing and then by the time you let them kind of talk it out oh it's really something different you know you you just save yourself wasted energy that's one of the feedbacks that i get um the most that i need to work on the most uh from from my military they'll say hey listen sometimes you don't have to be quick to give the answer you know you can take the time process it in listen actively listen and then respond based off of that and asking questions help you to be able to do that so now that's a really good point definitely all all good points but yeah man um so i guess how would you answer that question though would you would you share anything differently than what he said on hey if i don't believe the way you believe i'm gonna burn yeah i you know i think i would ask I, uh, yeah, see, I would start with asking a question. <laughs> you know, yeah. I would. I actually would start with asking a question. I don't know if I would do exactly what he, what he did, but I would start with asking a question. You know, that you know, when you say, "If I don't believe the way you believe, I'm going to burn in hell." What do you think that I believe? That would be my first question: Is what actually do you think that I believe? Because maybe maybe you don't understand what I believe. You know, and then let that person answer, because, again, I don't want to misunderstand them. And I'm hoping that they don't want to misunderstand me. I don't want to misquote them. And I'm hoping they don't want to misquote me if it's a genuine conversation. Now, if it's just an attack, just, you know, oh, yeah, if I don't believe what you believe, you're you're saying I'm going to hell. Well, what what is it that I believe? And why would you think that I want you to go to hell? Because ultimately, I know that. It, God is not willing for anyone to perish. He wants all men mm. to be saved. And so if I know that, then what do you think that I believe? <laughs> what do you think is my belief system? Because again, as a Christian, it's not about always about heaven or hell. That does factor in, but it's not always about that. It's really more about us understanding God's heart towards man. Because so many people believe that God just desires to destroy and to punish and to devour all mankind when it's actually just the opposite. You know, we grew up in Sunday school reading John three sixteen, right? Yeah. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life but we forget verse 17 for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that through him the world might be saved, be saved. which yeah. says that god's intention was salvation was rescue was help was to come and aid you know not to destroy and so why is it that we we think that oh well uh, to believe what christians believe you know or not believe what christians believe means hell well what if what if that's neither here nor there what if it's what i believe is that god desires for you to be saved that he doesn't want anybody to go to hell that hell wasn't even created for mankind yeah. it was created for the devil and his angels that no human being was created to go to hell and hell was not created for any human being man i was actually meditating on that while i was preparing for this show um because and it, and it, it came from old boy when he was like if god's show mercy then he's unjust and i was thinking like man how cruel it would be for there not to be an option for there not to be an option uh for us to be able to make it into heaven right uh you know to be forgiven and right. and when it comes to uh, mercy and justice sometimes in some situations depending on the crime right mercy is warranted like, you know what, hey, instead of locking you up for whatever, I'm just going to give you probation, you know. you you know. Right. But then there's other situations where it's so bad that you get life or you get the death penalty, right? And so it's a more permanent uh, judgment. And I was thinking about that with Satan. Satan doesn't get the opportunity. Right. Satan doesn't get the opportunity for salvation. And um, the thing, the thing about it is those harsher punishments are usually reserved when it's like, hey, I cannot have this around the people. For the good of everybody else, this can't be around. Right. And when you think about Satan, he was already in the presence of God, knew about God, and what he did, what God was like, that can't be here in heaven. So and now we know that when we when we get our new bodies in the new earth and the new heaven, there's gonna be no more tears, no more pain, no more. We're, there's gonna be no sin or whatever, you know. And so, yeah. I believe that's why Satan. And like you said, hell was originally meant for him and his and his, the angels that follow him. I believe they got that eternal punishment because right. they was already in uh, right. uh, God's glory. And it's right. like, look, I, we cannot allow that. We can't have that because that will that will be like a cancer and taint everything. So he's he's out. Now us humans, we have the opportunity to be forgiven, saved. And be and be made right, and then God's gonna um, have a new heaven, a new earth, and we're gonna get our glorified bodies, and everything will be all good. But but yeah, that's where that's where sometimes that justice means I got to give you a strict punishment, and I, I think we see that in Satan. Well, like you said, I mean, when you've seen it all, you've seen God's power, His glory, His majesty, you've seen all of that, and you can still turn away. I mean, what help is it for you? Whereas for us, it's like, you know, we've never experienced any of that. We don't know what that's like. And God says, well, what's just is giving you the opportunity to experience that, giving you the chance because yeah. I created you to be with me. And so if I created you for that purpose, why would I change my mind just because you mess up? You know, yeah. that, you know, I go back to husband and wife, right? You know, I want to be with her, right? And so 
she may not be perfect she may do things that make me mad she may do things that frustrate me but does does that change my desire you know that i originally had that no i actually want to spend the rest of my life with you and so how do we work this out rather than oh you know what i'm done i'm done you know you're you you know you you have no room in my life did you really really want to be with her (laughs) you know or not because maybe maybe you misunderstood maybe you didn't know you know but when you really like god he perfectly knows what he's doing Human yeah. beings, we may not perfectly well, know what we're doing, right? Mess it up, yeah. God perfectly knows what He's doing, and so when He says, "I'm not willing for anyone to perish," I believe He means that, yeah. and He means that with knowing everything about us, past, present, and future, and He still doesn't want us to perish. And and it goes back to what old boy said, but it doesn't mean we don't deal with consequences. Because I think of Absolutely. Adam and Eve. Adam right. and Eve messed up. They had consequences, there was but God also made a way for them to get back in right standing, right? And, he, and, and then immediately after those consequences, he even still blessed them. He killed an animal, clothed them, you know, like yeah. even even after they messed up, you know, and so you bringing up marriage is a great, a, a good example of that. You know, me and my spouse may go through some stuff. There may be consequences from it. There may be some 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 little bumps in the road because you right. did something wrong. But ultimately, the goal should be forgiveness, reconciliation, making it making it work. Consequences, exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely there's you're gonna have the consequences, or whatever. But thank God, we got mercy that we can be forgiven. You know. And so that's that. And so uh, as we get ready to land the plane for the show tonight, there's one uh, final thing I want to talk about, and I think it relates to morality as well. So um, me and my wife, we just celebrated our 14-year anniversary. We didn't do nothing. uh, Appreciate it. We didn't do nothing too crazy. Just kind of hung out. We went and got got, uh, some shirts, some matching shirts. And the BX, they got these shirts that got freedom on it or whatever. And so we got some matching little freedom shirts, and then we went and saw – the Sound of Freedom. Have you seen that movie yet, Anthony? Oh, I heard of it, but I haven't seen it yet. Man, Anthony, everybody who's watching, guys, I highly encourage y'all to go watch that movie while it's okay. in theaters. Go okay. watch it while it's in theaters. Don't wait for it to come out to look at it. And the reason why I'm saying is, uh, one, they kind of prompted you to, but I'm, so, but, but, but also two, one, it was a, it's just a well-produced, good movie. So the same people who do the Chosen, uh, Angel Studios did this movie, right? And I'm not sure if y'all know what the movie's about. Do you know what it's about? So no. So so but. Tim Ballard, a uh, uh, Homeland Security uh, guy, uh, actually is, is based on the, his story. And so he quit his job with the Homeland Security and went and um, went out to go rescue these kids because basically what was happening is kids who were being sold into sex trafficking. So we're talking morality, right? And so, you know, humans can be pretty immoral. Um, and so they, they, it's this billion-dollar business where they're sending these kids out to sex traffic them. Well, his job at Homeland Security was to arrest the pedophiles. And so he has to look at these videos, look at all these things. Um, and um, it, just got, it just got to him. It got to him, especially this one particular case. And so anyway... Him, his wife encouraged him. She was like, well, hey. Because basically, they would arrest the pedophiles, but the kids are like overseas. And like, look, there's nothing we could do for the kids. Our job is to arrest the pedophiles, and then somebody else's job is to save the kid, whatever. So he was like, what if it was your daughter? 
Right. You know, what if it's your, your you know, what well, if it's your kid? So anyway, this brother uh, goes over, he quits his job, and he go over there and rescue, the, rescue not only this one girl and her brother, but uh, but rescue a lot of them. Broke up these little sex rings and little sex parties, and it was a good movie. But he's also a Christian. You know, the guy, he, he, he's a Christian. He believes in God. He believes God called him to go do that. It's a, uh, in the movie, you see where he had help. You know, you can't do this stuff on your own. Um, but it, it brings up a point that I want to share with us as Christians as well, is that, you know, we know the Bible tells us that we're one body, right? And so somebody may be the hand, somebody may be the knee, somebody may be the foot, whatever the case may be, we're one body in Christ. And so everybody is not going to be a pastor, like like Anthony, right? Everybody's not gonna be that pastor. Everybody's not gonna be able to make social media content that do this, or everybody's not gonna be the street preacher the whole nine. But uh, we we all have a role to play, right? And sometimes that role is to give financially to help. Other times that role is to uh, be the person who actually go because I did brother went over there with some drug lords the whole nine in in a zone that even the feds didn't go in and save this little girl. Everybody not gonna be the hero like that, but the guy who wrote this movie and wrote the story, you know, he's still he's getting that out there. And I'm gonna tell you, man, um, if we don't support Christian movies and Christian talent, I was telling my wife the other day, uh, we were talking about it on the show about how like when we talk about it's cuss words and sin, it's hard to look at anything because everything got cussing and bad stuff in it. And so if, if we don't support Christian content creators. When they're at the movies, then the movies would drop it, and then it would discourage more people to do it. And so, um, if y'all know anything about the Chosen and how they funded that, they they basically did crowdsource crowdsourcing funding. And so, what that means is, um, instead of like some big studio and investors paying for it, everybody else. Um, Oh, it's my mom and my aunt's uh, stepdad anniversary as well. Happy anniversary. Then my sister's going to be getting married next week. There's going to be a lot of anniversaries this month. Uh, <laughs> but um, but anyway, uh, what they did was they did crowdfunding, and then you can kind of pay it for it. And so in this movie, they did something very similar for this movie as well. And so they said, um, I, and it's not that I'm spoiling anything, but at the very end, they offered this, this little QR code where you can pay it for it and you can buy tickets for other people who can't afford to go see it so you can wow. spread awareness on this cause. And um, the final thing I say about this movie is this. For whatever reason, Satan did not want this movie to get out. So apparently this movie was filmed five years ago, and they went through every obstacle to get this movie out. It, they went through so much to get out. They could not get the movie out. I believe, actually, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Fox actually filmed it, and then they said they're not going to put it out. And then the uh, Angel Studios, the people who do Chosen, actually picked it up and tried to get it out. Now, since it's been out, it's been a whole bunch of controversy in the news. They're saying that people who watch, they're, um, they're, they're um, advertising the QAnon people, conspiracy theorists people, this stuff is not really happening. I'm like, for whatever reason, the wow. enemy does not want this to be highlighted. And so I just encourage you all, go on a date night with your uh, significant other. Go on a date night with some of your friends. Go out, support the movie, check the movie out. It's a good movie. I'm not going to lie. Be ready to check your emotions because soon it's because I knew what it was about. In the very first scene when I seen what the lady was doing, but I was in there fuming because I got little girls and I got little And it wasn't just little girls either. 
And so I'm going to actually go back and watch it again. I'm going to take my kids. I really wanted my kids to go in the first place because they need to understand, you know, they've been sheltered. They've been behind a military base. They never had to deal with stuff like that. But they need to understand that the world is cruel sometimes and it's out there. We're talking morality, but people have their own morals and they right. and what they think is right. It's the, I mean, it's hundreds of people doing this stuff to kids. It's, it's a whole sex trafficking thing of kids, and it's it's crazy. And so, um, so anyway, anyway, um, I just encourage you to watch the movie. There's no conspiracy theories behind it because if you go out right now and get on YouTube, you can see old news articles of Tim Ballard, of what he did, how he did it, talking to Congress and a bunch of other people about it. Um, and so that that's my spill on it. I encourage y'all to check it out. Uh, and support Christian uh, movies, and yes, it is very sad. It it is very sad. I mean, yeah. the, the, now they didn't show it because it's kids, right? So they didn't show anything. But the way they yeah. cut the scene, and you know, I mean, it was man, it's sad. It, I was sick in the in the movie, man. Oof, man. So, so anyhow, that's that's my spill. That's the uh, show. You got any final thoughts on morality? Anything we talked about today, Anthony? Yeah, I think, you know, ultimately, as a Christian, you know, I want to be accountable to the word of God. Um, I found one of my old studies on accountability. And the first thing on my list of being accountable was accountable to the word. Psalms 119.11, David said, your word, O Lord, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And it's, it's interesting that he said hid in his heart. And heart being the inner man, the mind, the will, the intellect, the emotions, that the only way that he knew that he could be in line with God was to have God's word in him, guiding him, governing him, um, checking his conscience, you know, being uh, the, the guide for moral decision making came from his understanding of the word. Psalms 1.1 says, uh, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But verse two says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in it he meditates day and night. And so getting that word in me so that it guides me, the word directs me, the Holy Spirit can bring it to my remembrance um, is one of the greatest ways to uh, live a life that pleases God. Sometimes, you know, uh, our our desire to just be good people could actually cause us to compromise God's will and his desire. So I want to be pleasing to God and in being pleasing to God, I think I will, you know, reach morality in the sense, but my goal is not morality. My goal is pleasing the Lord. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's good, man. That's good. Um, hide the word in your heart. Pray that when you need the Holy Spirit, bring it back up. Uh, for example, when I got on the Facebook thing, like I said, I listen to Frank all the time. I listen to uh, Apologies all the time. And um, it, it came back to my memory, you know, mm -hmm. and I was able to be able to, to be able to share, to share that word. But not only that, you know, you also want to... Um, you, you you also want to make sure that you're uh, doing the word as well. The, there's yeah. one thing in just listening to it and hearing it. There's another thing to actually doing it because I'm and I'm trying to find the scripture real quick because you made me you reminded me of it. Um, it's in James. Matter of fact, let me go to it. 
James, James said, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. That goes back to what we talked about last week. And mm-hmm. your religion is worthless. Yes. Ah, now, this man. is pure religion. Now, because some Christians be like, oh, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. Okay. It is a relationship, <laughs> but it's a religion as well. It says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans and widows. Go see that movie. And in their distress, um, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Refusing to let the world corrupt you. So that's true religion, right? And so the way you do that, right, Anthony said, hide the word in your heart so that way you won't sin against him. And so that's what it is. Uh, let's see. I got a comment. Let's see what it says uh, from Wesley Curry II. Does Jesus appear to you? And you not telling it make you a speaker of Jesus. Did he say good work or no time to talk Allah? He called you Allah and not the name you use. What does that mean? Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to understand what he's saying. Does Jesus appear to you and you not telling it make you a speaker of Jesus? So let's just start there. Yeah. Does Jesus appearing to you and you not telling it make you a speaker of Jesus? I would say no. I mean, if you don't tell it, I, I, I don't I don't really understand exactly what you're getting at. Then he said, did he say good work? Or no time to talk? Allah. He called you Allah and not the name you use. What does that mean? I, I I I'm sorry, I don't know what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, are you are you tracking Maybe any voice, of that? It might be like, you know, you know how you voice type. So yeah. maybe it, you know, maybe it's not not clear. Uh Wesley, if if you could kind of rephrase it so that we can understand it and then we'll do our best. We'll hang out to answer it. There we go. Yeah, okay, let's see. Jesus appeared August 25th, 2005, in the real Holy Spirit to all people, all nations. He said to you a commandment, tell the vision. Okay. So I wonder if this, uh, I wonder if he has that mother of God. If, what's that religion, the mother of God religion? I wonder, um, I can't remember the name of that religion. I wonder I wonder if he's um, referring to that because, you know, they believe that Jesus returned already and told the video. Hey, listen, uh, Wesley, I'm not really sure what you're uh, referencing, but Anthony, I know you know you got the photographic memory. What's the scripture where it says, uh, if they say Jesus returned, don't believe him? Matthew uh, we, 24. We will all see it. Matthew 24. Let me find that real quick. 24, I think it's 13 through 16, or it might be earlier. It might be 9, 10. I actually was just reading it <laughs> a couple see. of days ago, getting ready for um, getting ready for a study through Matthew twenty-four. Yeah, where is it at? On the good news, this is coming. Yeah, it's right after that. Um, okay, here it's twenty-three. All right, so okay. Wesley, Wesley, we're gonna pull this up for you, brother. All right, so Wesley said. Bible, okay. All right, so 
Wesley Curry, sure, did you see the resurrected Jesus on August 25th, 2005, and did he say to you, tell the vision? No, Wesley, I did not see it. And this is what Matthew says, the book of Matthew says, then if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders, so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. He warned us about it. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't bother to go look. Or look, he is hiding here. Don't believe it. For as the lightning flashes, right, in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a caucus nearby, so the signs indicate the end is near. And so we all going to know when he comes. We, we, you, you won't even have to ask us did we see it because we'll, we'll all know. Um, and so there it is. Um, let's see. Bible, God is the number one killer. He can't be moral. Mm. Yeah, so we talked about this a little earlier, uh, uh, brother. I'm not sure from Guria. Uh, we talked about this a little earlier. So if God is the uncreated creator and he created everything, then is he killing? He gets to determine how long we live when we don't live. Not only that, the one thing we know from the moment we're born is that we're all going to die someday. So, again, if God is the creator, then he gets to determine what is moral. I think um, Job, God addressed this with, in the book of Job where he says, who are you to question me, God? If God actually created you, then he gets to determine what's moral, not the other way around. Right. The Bible says that all souls are mine, saith the Lord. And so at the end of the day, all of our days are numbered in his books. Um, he knows the beginning from the end. And he knows things that we couldn't possibly know, even when it comes down to who should live and who should die. That, and I know that's rough. That's rough and that's hard to handle. That's hard to swallow, especially from a human perspective, because, you know, we cling to this life, you know, for everything it is that this this is most people. They believe that this is all I have is this yeah. life, whereas a Christian, you know, understands that this life is not all that we have. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's the least of what we have, because eternity is a whole lot longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah you a whole lot longer. Be a whole lot longer and so i think at the end of the day you know I, I understand you know the struggle you know seeing god um as a killer but is it a killer you know when you create something and you decide to take that something and bring it back to you that you know are you killing it or are you just returning it back to its source yeah good point brother good point Wesley said, got to go. I don't perceive any credentials about you other than you have a magic toy TV. Hey, brother, yeah, I tell I'm you this. I, I don't have any credentials. It's all Jesus, right. man. I'm just a servant. I'm just a servant right. of Jesus. And so I appreciate you uh, stopping in, sharing your comments. Also, too, that's a good point to our uh, re reoccurring viewers. Um, the likes are working. <laughs> we're getting some new viewers the algorithm is uh sharing it so we appreciate that right. keep liking keep uh commenting um he says if he knows everything why is he in the bible asking questions you have to give me a passage brother i'm not sure what you 
what you're referring to, but God knows everything, uh, and it it very well may have be a rhetorical question. There's, right. there's stuff that I ask my kids all the time. I know the answer already, but I ask I ask my kids anyway. I may come to my daughter, I mean my son, and may be like, "Hey, you took out the trash." I already know he didn't take out the trash, but I'm just waiting to hear what he got to say. So I mean, I think about I think about Adam and Eve. Adam, where are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. He knows where Adam is. You know, he's not really asking for Adam to tell him something that he doesn't know. Uh, so if God is asking a question. It's for us to understand the answer, not for him, because, as you said, he knows everything. Man, check this, Anthony. So we were just talking about how important a tactic is, is to ask questions. Right. And then my brother here brings it up about God asking questions. There it is, our creator using questions to help us questions, understand yeah. things. So yeah, that's, a good, that's, a, that's a good that's a good a good example right there. Oh man, he's in the Bible regretting too. Come on, man. That stuff is silly. Peace. Hey, well, thank thank you for checking in, brother. Hey, if it's yes, a, hey, you know what I would say, brother? I would say, look, every other Sunday we do this live. Come back, chat with us, share your opinions, you know, share your stuff, share share your point of view, and we'll share ours. We just have a good time conversating. All right. So with that, listen, I want to thank everybody who all uh, rocked with us for this long. Thank y'all for watching. Every week I said, be like the Bereans. Go back, read the word for yourself. Make sure you subscribe to both my channel and Anthony's channel. Anthony dropped way more content than I do because I'm super busy. Uh, but I, I will start back dropping content. I was just talking to Anthony before this. I'm really hoping I get a, a remote job so I can have more time at the house to knock out some stuff I want to do. Um, and then um, hopefully I can get to a point where I can eventually start doing it full time because I love doing this. But anyway, hope y'all continue to fellowship with us. Um, I pray that um, I, I pray that we hide God's word in our hearts so that way we don't sin against Him. Right, because at the end of the day, man has our own view on what's right and what's wrong, but ultimately, God is the one who determines that. And so, we just want to be in right standing with Him, we want to be in right standing with Christ. But until next time, peace. May the Lord bless you and protect.